Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome back to another episode of Believe in Duke Podcast. Today we have a special episode. We have a guest on our show. I'll give you a little hint. He's a Philly native. He's a Duke, former Duke player and a former Duke champion. We'll mention him a little bit later. But I'm your host, Sheldon Williams, and here's your co-host, Steve Wiseman. Sheldon, good to be with you again. I'm excited about our guest, former a champion. A captain, he's got it all covered, right? So we're going to introduce him in a minute here. But uh, yeah, um, got, got to be back with you again. We're getting closer to the season. Countdown to craziness coming up this Friday. And uh, first game here, uh, you know, first exhibition, a couple of weeks away. And so uh, um, teams that practice full-time now, you know, not uh, not the off-season work. We're back to full-time work. So we'll talk about that. We're going to talk with our guest here in a minute. Um, looking forward to, to having him join us here in a second. And, uh, um, first I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, a word from our sponsor, which is important. We have to pay the bills around here. So we are back better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron and, and basketball as teams are back for another football season. As always bet online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season with an updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, Bet online continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. It's a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your bonus. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. And they sponsor us here at the Believe in Duke podcast, and we're thankful for that. And now, without any further delay, we're going to introduce our special guest, Emil Jefferson. Emil, thanks for joining us, man. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Uh, really excited to, to be here and to be back in Durham. So I really appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah. So how have your first few months on the job been uh, since you came back over the summer? It's been amazing. I mean, first of all, we have such a good group and uh, I think they really get along. They kind of remind me of our 2015 team uh, with the mixture of young guys and having veterans back and having been through, you know, a lot of adversity, you know, uh, with COVID and the pandemic and, you know, not really playing a full season. These guys are are bonding at an elite level. So to be back here and watch and experience that is great. And then, you know, to be uh, with Coach and Coach Shire, Nolan, and, you know, Coach Chris Carwell is amazing to learn from them every day, to see the amount, little details that go into putting a team together uh, is really incredible. You don't really see that, you know, from the other side when you're a player. You know, you're just there to, you know, come every day, show up for those, you know, three hours of practice and then go be a student and, and other things like that. But every day it's, you know, new details, little minute things that you have to put in uh, to be great. So to, to watch that is really uh, an honor and it's incredible. Yeah, you kind of hit it on the head. I mean, the last time me and you saw each other, I was coaching against you and you gave us an L 
Uh, I'm a little salty about that. You gave us a little, you gave us an L and everything, but uh, I was coaching against you. I was coaching against you, but with me coaching, those same things you were saying, I now understand why coaches would get mad about how you are when you actually are losing or not doing what they actually do because the whole time they're staying up prepping and planning all these things and putting all this work into it and then trying to tell the players to do it. And you at 18, 19, 20, 21 years old, you're not really looking at that. And all of a sudden, you're on the other side. Now you understand why they were so mad about the whole coaching plan because they put all that into it. So my thing is for you, you went from playing to coaching. One, can you talk about how you made that process where you went and chose that path? And also, how is it now that you're on the other side and you're doing the prepping and trying to, you know, relate a message to your players of what you're trying to do? Yeah, so uh, first, uh, making that pivot, it was uh, it happened fast. <laughs> and it was a big decision, you know, uh, to, when you decide to start that next chapter of your life. Um, basketball was what I've known for 20 plus, plus years. And I feel like I poured my heart, heart and soul into the game, you know, every time I stepped out there, every time I worked out, being in practice. Um, but, you know, Coach Shire is not only one of my, you know, closest friends, but one of my greatest mentors. And, you know, an unbelievable coach when I was here. I learned so much from him. And then when I was going on playing, I still talked to him. We kept in touch, you know, multiple times a week. And so when he got the, you know, position of head coaching and waiting, you know, being able to talk to him and see that process, it just felt right when, you know, we started talking about the possibility of maybe me coming back. Um, this is home, you know, Durham, the fans here, Cameron Crazies, they are a part of my life. So um, I definitely did my due diligence and, you know, talked to uh, some, you know, people that I'm close with, whether it be, you know, other NBA coaches, GMs and things like that, and just learned that, you know, when you start the next chapter of your life to start it at a place like Duke to learn from coach, coach and, you know, coach Shire and all those guys is amazing. Um, so honestly, it was a no brainer um, to, to come back and, you know, to, to learn from the, the one of the greatest places on earth. Um, and being back now, it's everything I thought would be and more. Uh, I honestly thought that I would have some, you know, a little buyer's remorse or something like that, misplaying. You know, I stopped playing at 27 and, you know, I wasn't injured or anything like that. So to just call it call it quits almost, um, I thought maybe I'd get antsy to play. But honestly, I've immersed myself into the day to day and I haven't even thought about that much, you know, because I'm learning. And I think when you're when you're growing, and you're adding to things you're passionate about, like I'm passionate about basketball. So to, I'm still learning and growing in ways that I never thought I would, and I probably couldn't on the court. So that part to me is, is really cool. And to find that I still can have that competitive spirit and that competitive nature and all those things that you love about playing basketball, you can still have that in this role um, has been really cool. And then when you touch a guy, you know, when, when, you know, a guy says, you know, thanks a for teaching me. I appreciate you pulling me to the side. It feels just as good as like a win. Um, so it, it, it means the world. So now I'm, I'm riding off these kind of highs and, you know, learning and, you know, fighting and competing in, in a different way, but it's still basketball. And at the end of the day, that's, you know, one of my true loves. So I'm excited and, and honored to be back. Yeah, I mean, that was one of the things that I really enjoyed about coaching was not necessarily all the long meetings, but going out, actually getting out on the court and you taking the guy, like you said, you touching the guy and this guy, 
he was struggling in some kind of aspect in this game. But like, you know what? We're going to go ahead before practice, after practice, days off. We're going to go ahead and get you right. And putting that, you know, energy into that person and getting that energy back. And all of a sudden, you see that person progress, and he's looking at you like, you know, thank you for helping me out. I thought that was like one of the best things I ever had in that in the sport of basketball, just because it wasn't about me. Just like basketball, it's a team sport. It's not about you. It's about the whole team. And you're able to actually feed off each other. And you see somebody else doing good. That means you're doing good as well. For sure. 100%. Yeah, and, and to come back and do this, um, you know, we're not supposed to use the word last or final, right? Isn't that what Coach K said? Okay. Yeah. So um, in this <laughs> historic season, <laughs> when he won't be the coach next year, let's phrase it that way. <laughs> so um, to, to do that and to, to come in in, in this situation, um, did, did that give you any kind of pause that like it was this, this transition type of thing going on? There might be some uncertainty or – or just how did you feel about about that aspect of it? Yeah, I think, you know, life comes at you in some pretty significant and different ways and unique ways that you you wouldn't expect. And and that in that same regard, so there's opportunity. And so for me, this just was the most amazing time to do it. And, you know, I could have thought like, no, I'm too young. I still can play. I'm healthy. But my mind was that, no, this is like, you know, this door opens for a split second. And, you know, when you take an opportunity like this, you really learn a ton. And so for me, it was, yeah, this is coaches, you know, last season. But one of the most important things I think he he taught me while I was here um, was to be in the moment. And I think that's why he doesn't want to say last, because this is one of many moments that he's had with, you know, uh, a group of guys that he is building to do something bigger than themselves. And so I don't care if you were here one year or four years, none of the teams were the same. You know, no team that I played on was the same from my freshman year to my super senior year. And I don't I don't know if it's that way at, at other places. Some places it's probably just a repetition of, you know, new year, but same thing. Each year we changed, we adapted, uh, we learned. And it's because we were in this moment. And I think that is what coach has been so amazing at is being in the moment with a group of guys um, to accomplish a championship. And I think that's why every time I, I went on the court, I thought we were supposed to win. It's because we learned and we adapted and we were fresh and we were new and we all believed in that, that this was our moment. And so I think that's one of the one of many things that Coach K uh, instills in, in his guys. But I think that's a, a very important one. Uh, obviously, obviously. I mean, there's a reason why Coach Cady's been as successful as he's been all this time. He's one of the few coaches that has able to relate to every generation as he keeps going on in his coaching career. And that's you know, it speaks it speaks volumes to what Coach Cady has done and who he is and what he's been doing. So a lot of people were like, you know what, wherever he goes, whether it be the USA, the professional, the college. People love to be around him, and they learn from him so much. It just speaks volumes about what Coach K has done and what he's been doing. But I will say, I will say, now that you're coaching, because I talk to uh, Nolan every now and then. I hit him up on the side. I see him uh, out there on the court. How's your suit game going right now? Because uh, 
Nolan got some uh, got some heat with his suits and everything. So how's your suit thing going? Well, well, I just I actually did buy a couple of new suits and I got to wear one. Uh, me and Coach Shire went up to a coaches versus cancer event and I thought I looked pretty good. But uh, the the difference now is that, you know, coaches aren't wearing suits. That's one of the things that have come out of the pandemic where you get to see that, you know, the polo and the nice slacks get the job done the same way. Um, and me, I'm actually a, a fan of that. So I'm excited to to actually not have to put a suit on and to be able to feel, you know, a little looser and, you know, stretch my arms up, you know, because I like to wear my suits tight. I like to show off, you know, I still have a decent frame. I'm in great shape, so I like to show that off. So uh, to be able to wear the polo now, I think it, it, it is, it's good for me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I definitely hear that. I definitely hear that. I mean, because a lot of times you out there on, the, on that bench and you were like, man, I wish I could be comfortable. And, uh, you can't really move like that, but I understand that. All, I understand that all too often. But I kind of transition that a little bit. So, how has practices been going with this team, and how have you been uh, able to kind of put your niche on things? Because you know, when you kind of come into already staff already, you're just like the new guy, even though you're not really the new guy, but you are the new guy. You kind of like you know putting your, you know, your touch on different things or kind of you know figure out which ways to speak out on certain things. How, how have you been dealing with that and also how the practice has been going? Yeah, so the practices have been great. Um, I think the first thing that, that I noticed um, with this team is our length. Um, we have just guys that are long, and when they're all out there together, they can take up a lot of the court. Uh, so it doesn't really matter what defense we're in it really looks big because we're like shrinking the court almost. So I think our guys do a really good job at that. So even if a guy gets beat, uh, the ball handler doesn't think he's that open because guys, the length of our team makes the court look smaller. Uh, and then we, we, we practice and we play really, really hard. And uh, that's, that's a thing that that's almost a thing you can't teach. You know, it's a it's a culture thing and it's a thing that starts from the top down where everyone is invested and every possession matters. And when you when you play like that in a practice, you set yourself up for success because it shows it shows an extra care factor um, that you're taking this, you know, two and a half hours, whatever we're doing serious and you're here to get better. And I think that that all matters. You know, everything is a, a building block for for March and April, um, what you do. You know, in September, October, November, it really sets you up for who you're going to be um, the entire season. And so I think this this team has really uh, laid a strong foundation. And then for me, uh, being here and, and learning from those guys, it's easy because I have great relationships with all of them before. So I speak to Nolan all the time, you know, even while when I was playing and then Coach Shire, we talk, you know, like I said, when I was playing, we talk multiple times a week. And he's one of my closest friends. So it was about Duke. It was about life. It was about, you know, basketball. And so now to be back, it's easy uh, to just, you know, say something, to speak up, to not feel like I'm a new guy. And I have fresh eyes, you know, um, play in the NBA, play in the G League, uh, recently played overseas. So I've seen things. So when I say something, it's like, oh, we didn't think about it that way. Or, you know, if I see something that um, I feel has you know, really help my game. I can tell a guy that and they'll listen because, you know, I can still get out there and show them. I can still get out there and do it. I can still get out there and play. So that's why I feel like this was all, you know, perfect timing to to be back because it just all fits so well. 
you know, you mentioned about uh, about the team and how hard they're working, and that's one thing I've heard too is is how this team's physical. Like the, they they just look stronger, they look thicker, they look like look ready to you know ready to to really pound some people more than anything else. Can you can you kind of address that and how how this team's gotten themselves to work in the off season to get into the best physical shape they can be in? Yeah, well, you know, Coach Will is amazing. Um, he's been here probably for twenty something years, uh, maybe more. Uh, and he knows what it means to be a Duke player. And so the culture is there. And then having, I feel like every time we have a Duke team that goes through some adversity, for me, it was in 2014 when we lost in the first round. It's like it kicks in the, in the high gear that next season. And guys are are really, really ready to, to be impactful. And I think, you know, this team went through something last year. Everyone did, you know, with, with the pandemic and, you know, what's going on. And now – to see fans, to see, you know, the support, to not be cramped up in a hotel, not only do basketball and our, and our team, but this entire area, our fans, we're ready to blow it through the roof. And so I think guys have had that mentality over the summer. And it's exciting. I'm getting excited talking about it um, because, you know, it feels like refreshing. We're back. It's back, you know, um, and it's time. It's time to be who, who we're supposed to be. And I think all our guys know that. And so they they worked hard in preparation for that. You can't just know that and then just think it's going to happen. It's still not just going to happen. You have to lay the foundation. You have to, you know, wake up early. You have to, you can't be great and want to get rest and not be tired. So these guys are ready to work. And, you know, to be great, you might have to be a little tired. You might have to be a little sore. Um, but they're ready. They're they're willing to take on that task, and I think it's showing not only with their game but with their bodies. Yes, I mean uh, Duke. I might I might be a little bit biased, but Duke has a good character of guys that come in each year and everything. So uh, having the you know hard work and blue collar you know type guys, that's something that Duke has had you know from years and years and years on. Um, but with me and you being both big guys, are you? more so working with them or are you kind of going uh, to whatever player you see fit that needs something, you know, that, you know, to help with anything? Yeah, I think it's, it's more of, um, I'm really just, you know, trying to touch anybody that I can see, you know, I can help with. Um, but with special focus on what I do and what I did was, you know, be a big and be, you know, a, a talker and a rebounder. But I also felt like I just understood the overall game. So I knew all the plays from every position, you know, just in case all our point guards got hurt and coach needed me to play point. You know, <laughs> I was always ready. You know, you, you got to be ready. Um, so I always knew, you know, everything. I tried to know everything. Um, and so in doing that and even when I was playing in, you know, in the NBA or, you know, in the G League or overseas, I was a guy who wanted to have more information than I needed just in case. Um, and so in learning all that, uh, I think I can, you know, impart some wisdom in a bunch of different places. And that's what I just try to do. I'm trying to, you know, get the full scope and, and learn everything and, and touch anybody who needs it. Well, were you a talker when you came into Duke or is that something that you had to learn as you got, you know, to be the player you became? I was always that way. And I, I think the reason why I was always that way is because I wasn't always very good. And uh, I learned early on that talking can kind of cover up some mistakes. And then talking also gets you out of worrying about things too much. And not only do I like information, I overthink everything. And so if you're talking and you're, you know, not thinking to yourself, 
you know, it comes, you rely on your instincts. And so that, I think that helped me become a better player. And I learned that it's, it's contagious. You know, when you talk and, you know, you get everybody else on your team, you know, to start talking to each other, the other team can hear that. The fans can hear that. They can see right. that you guys are connected. And I think it, it shows a bond and a unity that really lifts your team up. And, I, uh, you know, luckily I learned that at a young age and then I was able to, you know, impart that on other guys. Um, because like I said, I feel like the, the talk, especially on the court, is very contagious. Yeah, see, like for me, when I came in, I didn't, I didn't talk. So coach was always on me, like, you know, say something. I don't care, just scream or whatever, just say something or whatever. But, you know, I was like, uh, almost like Tim Duncan, where it was just always stoic, you know, no real emotion, whatever. And then all of a sudden, like, coach really kept getting on me, getting on me, whatever. And then I started doing it. And I was like, oh, now I understand what he's saying. Because not only that me talking, I get confidence. I'm a back line of you know, defense. I get confidence to other guys around, like, hey, you know, I got your back. Go ahead and go, go all out. I'll have somebody, you know, be you know, be right here behind you and help you out. At the time, I wasn't understanding what was going on because I was like, you know what? Why am I talking when my man's not even in the play? You know what I mean? So that was my thinking coming in. But then I had to actually change the way I view things. And all of a sudden, I'm not worried about, oh, damn, I just picked up my second foul. Damn, I just missed the bunny. I should have went ahead and dunked. And you know, like you said, it kind of gets you out of your own stuff. And then you start – to help everybody else. And like you said, everybody in the gym, the other team is hearing that. But, oh, we want to go over there. You know, it's, it's something crazy going on over there. It's going to stay on this side of the court. <laughs> sure. Hey, Emil, what, uh, along those lines, with Mark Williams and, and Theo John, are they talkers already? Do you see that? I mean, Theo's new to the program, right? Mark's only a sophomore. But just what are you hearing from them so far? Yeah, so I'll start with Theo. Theo is unbelievable to this program um number one he's a man uh and you know he he came from marquette and he has some really good uh values that has has been in, in stored in him or instilled in him and so he brings a verve to our team that we really need he, he lifts us up um with his voice with his understanding of how to play defense um and those two things, and then his physicality uh, and his, you know, ability to, to be a really good basketball player. He knows who he is. And when you know who you are as a player, it's great because every everyone around can see that. And his defense is textbook. Um, so he makes our guys better every day. He makes Mark better. Uh, and it's really cool to see because Mark has taken such a huge leap because of Theo. Um, and vice versa. They're making each other better every day in practice. They're battling. Uh, they're going at it. And it's all love. It's, it's you know, it's because we want the to get the best out of each other. And then, you know, Mark is, is great. He's so long. He can change shots. Um, when he runs the floor and talks, he makes our defense. I keep, you know, harping on how long our defense is, but he makes our defense so big and so wide. Um, and so, you know, I'm really excited to see, you know, that that two headed, you know, combo um, and having two really, really good bigs and, and Mark and, and Theo. But I'm uh, really proud of the work they've done so far. Yeah, that's what I'm a, I'm very excited about, because um, the way Mark in the year last year and then having a big summer, I'm very excited to watch this guy take that next step next year. And we, I said this another other episode having Theo come in 
and would do nothing but wonders for Mark because he has somebody to go against every single day versus not having a, a banger or a physical you know, person like Theo pushing him every day. Now he has that. They can make each other better, which essentially will make our bigs better. And all of a sudden, you'll see a lot more going on during the, school, you know, during the, the rest of the season. So having these guys go at each day, my thing is, it's almost like uh, back in the day where, you know, the 90s, where you had like the, the two the two bigs playing together. Um, I mean, uh, shoot, I think uh, your your team, you were playing with the uh, two bigs, right? Yeah, at times, yeah. Me and Jalil, yeah. I played a little bit with, you know, Marshall. Um, yeah, yeah, so there were times where, yeah, we, we, we went two bigs. For sure. Right, so I, I'm going to be excited to see, like, you know, old school basketball, you know, so to speak, kind of come back and you have the two bigs where you have the, the shot blocker and the big bruiser, you know, side by side. And like like you said, just being big and uh, long and athletic and just, you know, punishing people, making your, your, your will on the game being known when you're out there. I'm very excited about watching that. And obviously with me being a big guy, I'm going to take the big guys a little bit more so than everybody else and everything. But <laughs> I'm very excited about, you know, just watching that and the progress that Mark has had and then at the addition with Theo. For sure. And then, uh, you know, there's a third one because Paulo Bancaro kind of counts as a big, right? He's 6'10", six, 6'11". Six, six, He's certainly a big a big guy, but I know he plays on the perimeter too. Um, what can you tell us about his game that you've seen in practice here on the regular? Yeah, so when I was watching uh, Paulo, you know, YouTube videos, things like that, high school, I didn't realize how massive he was. Um, and I think when people see him, they think like, okay, yeah, he's a wing, uh, which he is. You know, he has guard skills. He can shoot it really well. But when you see him and when you're in his presence, I mean, you he's huge. I don't know what, what, else, what else would it say. You know, like you say, he's, you know, 6'10", or maybe even a little bit taller, and he's 250. Um, and it's a it's a big body. And, you know, some of the things he, he does on a basketball court, you're like someone that size shouldn't be able to do. Um, but he is the new age, big guard, prototypical player. Well, it's not prototypical because he's a unicorn. Um, but he is that, you know, that player. If you could when I when I, I was telling somebody, you know, I was describing Paulo to somebody and I'm like, when you build a player on like NBA 2K or, you know, one of these video games, you make him the tallest, the biggest, the strongest, the fastest, you know, a guy like that, but can also handle the ball and shoot like something you're not, you're not supposed to have all these things. And, and he has them. And so, you know, getting him to be a, a leader and, you know, raise his level to the highest, it's, it's huge for our team. And he, he's a player, um, you know, he can do a lot of things on the court. Um, and at that size and with, with those abilities, uh, we're, we're really, really, really excited to, to have them. And it's been exciting to watch them. Yeah, it's going to be something to see. And, and we're going to uh, – the public gets to see him play this uh, Friday night at, at Countdown to Craziness. It's time for that to get going. And, um, uh, boy, the first exhibition game is just a couple of weeks away. So uh, time to see him on the court again there. Sheldon, do you have any final things you want to talk to Emil about before we wrap this episode up? We're about around out of time. Um, are we uh, going to see you uh, getting in line a couple of times in, uh, this weekend, getting a couple of windmills in, the two-lay up the line? We're going to see you. Uh, no, we're not going to see you. I'm going to have my slacks on. <laughs> Polo, I told you, it, it, for me, it's about looking looking sharp now. Um, looking sharp now? I might throw a pass to one of those guys. That's about it. I might throw a pass. Okay, okay. Um, I do want to end with something fun. Um, kind of a fun fact, I mean, fun question type thing, whatever. You probably haven't heard this before, but 
Is cereal a soup? Absolutely not. Not. Why do you say that? Uh, because it's, li- it's liquid. Mm, nah. See that. Soups are usually hot, but I guess you could have a cold soup in the summer. Um, but then usually cold soups are vegetable based. Cereal is not milk. Uh, the liquid is usually some water type. It's not milk. Um, yeah, no. Nope. No. Cereal is cereal. And a hot dog is a hot dog. A hot dog is a hot dog. <laughs> not a sandwich. A hot dog is not a sandwich. It's a hot dog. That's right. Exactly. Hot dog. <laughs> Very no, good. No problem. No problem. No problem. Uh, I saw that on uh, the latest uh, talk about questions and everything. So I was like, no, let me throw this in. And that's uh, Mill. But no, we appreciate you coming on, uh, being a guest on the uh, podcast and everything. It's always great to see uh, former Duke guys uh, doing well. And what you've been doing has been great to see. Um, I'm looking forward to your progress as your next chapter being a coach and everything now that I have to go against you know coach coach against you and everything so uh, hopefully um uh we go ahead and uh, we'll see you at some point this season and uh like I said thank you for taking time out and talking to us of course Sheldon and Steve I really appreciate you guys take care yeah thank you Emil appreciate you and uh that's gonna wrap it up for Believe in Duke for this week uh I'm Steve Wiseman from the Raleigh News Observer and Durham Herald Sun you can look for my coverage of Duke basketball uh, those websites, newsobserver.com, heraldsun.com. And uh, it's been a great episode with Emil. It's a lot of fun, Sheldon. Glad we got to do this, right? Right, right, right. Thanks again, Emil. We appreciate it. Of course. Take care. Okay. Right. See you all next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.